How many of you have found yourself running late for an important meeting because you couldn't find that one thing you needed before you head out the door? What if I could tell you that in just 10 minutes a day, you could take your home from chaos to calm because clutter really is nothing more than postponed decisions. I've created a challenge to help you get ready to ditch your clutter and simplify your life. Want to hear a secret? You actually have the power to create more peace and calm in your home, and you can have it in less than 10 minutes a day. Join the Chaos to Calm Challenge so you can organize your space and create more peace in your home and focus less on stuff and more on the people you love the most. I want you to be able to effortlessly live clutter-free in your own home. This challenge will teach you the proven systems to get a clean and clutter-free in 10 minutes or less because we're all busy. How to create more peace and calm in your home and how to focus on what and who you love with an organized space. To join the challenge, just go to barbiejoe.com forward slash challenge. Hi, this is Barbie Joe, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Joe here, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So tell us, what inspired you to start last night's game? Well, we started last night's game. Well, it was a concept and an idea I had when I was an intern working at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I was at a game with one of my girlfriends and the guys were running off the field and she said, well, what are they doing? And I said, well, they have three outs. And she said, what's an out? And so that idea to me of, she really didn't have any idea what was going on and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I realized what an advantage I had in the workplace, knowing enough about sports to create a conversation and talk about what was happening and make those connections. And that was something that she was lacking and wasn't able to do in uh, the workplace or on dates. And I was about 20 when when the idea came to me. And so uh, dating was a little more important. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we kind of have the idea of how do you make sports approachable for everyone? Because sports isn't about the box score. It's not about the wins or losses. It's about the story around sports. There's such an interesting uh, take on sports. If you really look at the pop culture side of it, we can talk about JLo and A-Rod. We can talk about um, the Super Bowl, all those things are great ways to have conversations and you don't have to know a lot about what's happening on the field. And sports is a great foray uh, when you're in that small talk situation and you're tired of talking about the weather. Sports is a great thing to bring up. And then you can change it into a conversation you want to talk about. You can always talk about, uh, we have a post um, called uh, Athletes You Can Thank for Your Next Hangover. And it's about athletes who own uh, wineries or different uh, liquor brands. And so it's talking about, it's a great way to start there in one spot and talking about golf and the the Masters and then switch it over to um, Jim Nance, who is the voice of the Masters, who we probably all heard, and his winery and talk about how much he loved wines. So there's always a great spin into something that you know. And that's how we got started with the idea of really helping people, uh, want to help people make those connections and uh, continue that conversation. Well, the podcast was inspired by the idea of keeping people 
uh, abreast of what's happening in the world of sports and giving them something fun to talk about. I had a lot of friends who told me, hey, I've got little kids. I don't have time to read, even though our our uh, e-newsletter that comes out three times a week is about a three to four minute read. They didn't have time to read and they wanted to be able to listen to what we were talking about on their walks in the morning with their kids or while they're getting ready or driving to school. And so that's where we came up with the idea of the podcast, just a quick short, uh, about five-minute podcast once a week, talking about something that is happening in the world of sports, just a deep dive or deeper dive into that. So you can listen, learn, and move on with your life. It's great for a short commute. Uh, I know my commute is quite short, especially nowadays, but it's something I can listen to quickly when I'm getting ready in the morning and on my way out the door. What has the response to last night's game been? The podcast has really gone over very well with our target market, which is women about 28 to 42 years old. Um, once again, like we said, people are listening to it while they're out with their kids on a walk or they're getting ready in the morning or on a short commute. And it just gives them enough to learn a little something to join that conversation at the office. I think that's what we're all looking for. Uh, I know something makes me, nothing makes me happier than when I, someone, I say to someone, did you hear about XYZ? And they say, no, I haven't. Tell me about it. And that is, I think, the best feeling of, hey, I know something. I've got something. It's in, uh, information for somebody else. And I think that that has been a huge driver for people listening to the podcast. And we cover all things. We talk a little bit about The Bachelor. We talk a little bit about pop culture. We talk about the mainstream big sports, as well as some unique different different sports. So we really try to, to have well-rounded content that interests everyone. And uh, the ladies who listen to us love us. And I think that has been a huge motivator for us, giving people that vote of confidence to join that conversation. But I have to say, we also have a significant amount of men who are in sales or other industries that require small talk. And they love what the podcast is all about because once again, that's one more tool in their tool chest that they are able to use when it comes to sales or um, connecting and networking. You're getting your MBA, raising a family and running a business. Any pointers that you might share with others about keeping your sanity? That's a great question about how to keep your sanity, MBA, family, and running a business. I'd be lying if I said it was perfect. Uh, I have to say last night after this is snow day, I think 10 at home with a two-year-old. And uh, last night I had kind of just, I, I think I lost it. You know, you're having that feeling that I know all parents can equate to of feeling like you're doing everything sort of half, right? You're sort of being a parent because you might have to turn on Sesame Street so you can answer emails or write and you're feeling like a, a bad spouse because you're asking them to hold down the fort while you get on calls and vice versa and you're not getting as much work done and I'm not getting as much school work done and you know I think that is a that is a true real pull right now especially within COVID times and with all that's going on I think the the mom guilt is strong um, the feeling kind of um, behind and maybe a little less sane is strong. But I think for me, it's reminding myself that um, the MBA, especially I'm doing this for me, I want to improve myself and to take my time and learn. I'm trying not to rush through things um, and skip studying. I'm trying to learn and take in what I can. And that's really important for me. And so it might be a little bit of a later night every once in a while. Um, but I'm, you know, this time around, this is my third semester out of three, and I'm trying to give myself a little sleep. Um, because that was something I wasn't doing before. So I'm trying to get a little bit of sleep uh, because that fuels me to make me better at what I'm doing. And I still try to exercise. That is one of the things that keeps me sane. I get up in the morning and I turn on the news and 
try to figure out what's happening in the world of sports and just in the world in general uh, and get into some sort of exercise to keep my sanity. Um, my husband and I utilize a couple of different things to sort of keep our world together um, because my MBA is out of state. So I travel every other weekend uh, and he holds down the fort while I'm in school. So um, we use Asana, which is a project manager to manage life. Um, we use, we have a shared uh, Google calendar that we all use together and that helps keep our sanity and that helps me keep track of who's watching my son when and who's picking him up. And then I utilize that to make sure to invite my mother-in-law to make sure she remembers to pick him up and all those kinds of things. I would say those are the biggest things that we do. Um, and sometimes we're just nerds and we sit down with our calendars and compare notes. So it's not perfect. It, it never is. And perfect is, is a four-letter word. We know it's not perfect and nothing will ever be, but it's good enough. We seem to get by. Um, and some days we lose our sanity and some days we're great. So we just keep trucking and keep trying to support each other and realize that this is a short amount of time that we're doing this. And we're also going to, we really try to, and I try to relish in the small moments that we have together, those joyous moments on a Sunday where we might get to sit together and enjoy playing with cars or whatever that might be making breakfast. And so I really try to relish those situations and give myself a little bit of slack whenever I can. What are your biggest challenges as an individual entrepreneur and mom? As a mom, I would say the biggest challenge is when it comes to business is pure time. I think that um, there's not enough time in the day is just an understatement. I think that we're, I'm always trying to find more time to seek more time, get up early um, when he's in school, that helps a lot. Um, but when he's not in school, I'm cramming in during nap time and working after dinner. And I'm still doing that anyways, is working after dinner, after everyone goes to bed um, so I think the biggest challenge is time. Um, and, and part of the challenge with that is you get the things you need to get done, but you really struggle or I really struggle finding the time to do the extra, finding time to do the research, finding time to do the pitches, all those things. Um, I'm really, really lucky and very excited that we have um, two interns on board with us uh, right now from Notre Dame and they have been phenomenal. They also have a whole different perspective, which I think when you're not having the time to do a lot of the research, and the seeking, you lose some of that perspective. So it was really great to have them. And they've helped uh, helped us with a lot of things when it comes to different pitching media, different ideas. Um, they've gotten us on TikTok, which is a, is a whole new thing for me. And I would have never had time to piece it all together, nor the know-how. So it's been fun to have them help me with that. And uh, I also work alongside my brother who works full-time elsewhere, but um, he helps put together content. And so that helps a ton too. It's just to have that person to bounce ideas off, off of as our brains get kind of fried by the end of the day or just the beginning of the day. Um, it's really great for um, me to have those, two, those people to bounce ideas off of. And I think as an individual, it is, the other challenge is just staying sane. I mean, I think that's, once again, it's, it's taking care of me first and realizing that whole scenario of the airplane oxygen mask. You have to put yours on first before giving someone else theirs. And that's what I try to adhere to. It's important for me to work out and try to take care of myself. We try to do date night. Uh, we try, we say once a week, but that doesn't really happen. So we try to do date night in order just to keep our, our marriage solid too, because that's really important. If our base isn't, isn't doing well and I'm not doing well, then I can't give to the others in my family. And so it's really important for me to do all that, but also still try to believe in myself and say that you've got this. And sometimes that's, that pep talk is the hardest one to come by, but, um, 
you know, what we, as we continue to grow and we continue to get vote of confidence and um, hear these great notes from our readers and our uh, podcast subscribers, it's the fuel I need to keep going. It's, it's sort of like as a parent, when your, your kid gives you their, for your first smile, or they say that they love you or something sweet and they give you an applaud, um, that's that vote of confidence you need to keep going. And sometimes it stinks, but lots of times those great things are exactly what we need. And we keep pushing. We keep going. Uh, we're like Dory in our house. We just keep swimming. What have you learned from your time living overseas that has helped you in your business or your family life? What have I learned from living overseas that has helped me in my business or family life? I would say a lot of different things. Um, I'll try to, I guess, narrow it down to a few. The one thing I, I really think from a business perspective is working on a diverse team. I think nothing prepared me. We've all done these personality tests and they all talk about hiring uh, different people than you so you can develop a well-rounded team. And the team I worked on in Singapore, uh, we were made up of probably people from five or six different countries. And it gave me such an appreciation for other people, their cultures, the respect that we have, but the things we have in common. Ultimately, what I learned from living over there is we're all very much the same. We all want to provide for our families. We all want everyone, our families to be safe. We would like to be able to make a good living and put food on the table and have a roof over our head. And that's the thing I think I learned the most from from them, but also how to incorporate those differences and learn from them. You know, everyone handled problems, everyone handled challenges differently. And I think it gave me such a new respect for just how to go about day-to-day business and how to learn to work with your team. Uh, I, I think that was a huge piece for me. And it was eye-opening. It was great. I mean, there was nothing better than saying, you know, someone has some sort of saying from their country and you, you look at them and say, what does that mean? And how we have all these idioms that we do in the U.S. that they don't. And it's just, it's a ton of fun. And I think that was a huge learning experience. Um, I think it also taught me patience. You know, we're so used to doing the things the way we do them here in our city, in our state, in our country, and how things work. And they don't work that way when you live overseas. You have to figure everything out for yourself. You have to learn how to open a bank account. And sometimes you come back 10 times with the paperwork because every time it seems like they add a new piece of paper you need. And I think that is that is huge. Um, the one thing that really helped me with my, my family life uh, was just my husband and I at that point. And uh, we weren't actually even, even married yet. And it really taught us that we had to rely on each other and had to trust each other. Um, I think that was a huge, a huge piece for us. And it made us stronger because we had no one around us. We had to, we were each other's friends. We were each other's spouse. We were all the things. There was no, there was no one else to rely on. There were no friends to go visit, at least for the first couple of months. There was no one's house to go over to a barbecue. You really learn to just work together on everything. And uh, I think that's been huge because we have a lot of moving pieces in our house, as I've, I've mentioned. And I think that's really prepared us to work together as a team. And it gave us a new appreciation for some of the things that the U.S. does well and some of the things that we could probably work on. I, I think there's just a huge opportunity. And I would recommend to anyone, if you ever had a chance to go live overseas, it, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's such an eye-opening experience. I think it makes you um, a, a better human because you've had a chance to understand what the rest of the world does and the things you can take from it and a lot of great things that you can take from it. And so I highly, I highly recommend it to anyone. So how do you help build up women around you to realize their full potential? This is a really great question about building up women to reach your full potential. You know, I I try to believe in people and I, I try to 
treat them how I want to be treated. I, I don't believe I've had some really terrible female bosses and I've had two that are really great. And I would say that what I've learned from the two that were great was they were honest. They didn't withhold information as power. Um, sometimes the feedback they gave me wasn't wasn't uh, positive, but that's what it takes. That constructive feedback is really, really important. And I, the constructive feedback I received from bosses across my career is what's made me better. So I've always said that that is the most important thing, that, that feedback is a gift, as cheesy as that sounds. And I think it's really, uh, for me, it was so important to have those people have faith in me that they cared enough to give me feedback. I think that is such a sign of of caring about someone. So when I have people on my team that, um, you know, I, I give them the feedback they need, both positive and negative. I think you need to build people up to withdraw. I think that's a very important thing that you can't just withdraw. And so for me, it's giving, understanding how they like to be, how do they like to work with other people, what kind of um, feedback they need, how they take feedback, um, what really drives them and what motivates them in the, the workplace. And so for me, it's understanding that and trying to find tasks that fit that mold, but also looking at the tasks at hand and how we spin them and make them work for them so they feel confident in the work that they're doing. But give that feedback so they can understand where they can improve because I think that's such a huge positive in careers and people are so scared of giving feedback that they don't. And I think that's such a detriment because it's such a gift to be able to understand where you can improve and you can continue to grow. And that's what brought me to here where I am now is I was able to gather so much information throughout my career that allowed me to, to create a startup that, um, let's be honest, was hard. It was hard even though I understood all kinds of pieces. I consider myself a, a jack of all trades, but a master of none and put a, putting those skills to use to start a build a website and all the things that you need to do to, to start a business. And so I try to think about how I'd like to be treated. I try to reward them and build them up and compliment them because truly that's what we all need. We have enough things in our lives to drag us down. So if you can, you can give someone a vote of confidence and be grateful and reward them for the things that they're doing right and simply just be grateful and say, thank you. Um, think about all the times that you wished you had a boss who would have said thank you and acknowledged the work that you did. And just being acknowledged is all that matters. And so... I think continuing to build all those things in together helps people find their full potential, but also believing in them that I'm here as a resource, that if they want to go do something else, that is the biggest testament to me that if they leave to go somewhere else because they feel like they have a new, uh, new skill set and ability to gain a new position, that's the best thing I've ever heard because that means they've done something right while working with us. Tell us about the e-newsletter. What is it all about? Okay, so our e-newsletter, it's a three times a week and it's a three to four minute read. My whole goal is that you get your news short, sweet and out the door and um, that you could read it in time it makes to make a cup of coffee. And it's really important that it's, they're quick tidbits, about four points on what's happening in the world of sports with a mix of pop culture. Um, for instance, today we were talking about the um, the guy who created the uh, Lombardi Trophy and he... Um, his daughter wants an apology for Tom Brady throwing it across the water uh, on their tup at, the, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, victory parade. And so it's little things like that where you don't have to know a lot about what's happening. We cover a little bit um, so that you're able to join that conversation. Um, during the football season, we do tailgate treats, which are recipes that are great for parties, all those kinds of things that we try to factor in there that are a lot of fun. It's a quick, easy read. 
And then on Wednesdays, we talk a little bit in a deeper dive about what's happening in one facet of the world of sports. But it's a super easy, quick read, three to four minutes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Tell us how we can find you. So you can catch us at lastnightsgame.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook at Last Night's Game and then Twitter at Last Night's underscore game. So check us out on there. We would love for us to find you. And we're also, our podcast is on Spotify, Stitcher, as well as Apple Podcast. I think it's an important subject to discuss because sports is a part of everyone's lives, whether we like it or not. We know or love somebody who is involved in sports or interested in sports. And I think it's one of those conversation topics that we should all be rehearsed in to some degree. So I appreciate you sharing your podcast with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I love what you're doing and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now. 